Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're glad to have you today from wherever you're downloading and listening. We pray that our ministry has been a blessing to you. We want you to contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We also want you to like and subscribe our pod, uh, to our podcast. And want to remind you about our book, I Surrender, that you can purchase it through Amazon or in your local bookstore. Tonight, we're going to talk about understanding Paul's message to the Ephesians. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, we ask that Jesus would speak, that we would sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to His voice through the Holy Spirit. And He would then reveal to us in the Holy Spirit what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We then will receive it and reveal it and release it to your people. And from there, we can be corrected, we can be blessed, we can be led and guided into truth. In all of that, we give you praise and honor for everything in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Now, the genesis of our study, to tell you where we're going here, is uh, I hear a lot of talk uh, and a lot of teaching and preaching concerning the um, idea of what the Holy Spirit is doing, has done, how he operates today. I heard one prominent man say that the Pentecostal uh, rendition of the work of the Holy Spirit is unscriptural. And so um, I begin to consider this comment because certainly... My goal in life is to do what I do and teach what I teach from a biblical perspective that is not only accurate, but it has uh, biblical back support um, and that it is absolutely correct in terms of, in terms of, the way the Bible is teaching it. And so I spend a great amount of energy to attempt to line the Word of God up and make sure that it is not speaking a narrative or speaking to a doctrine, but is speaking to truth. So I want to begin tonight by reading for you 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, and I want to tell you, There's about a dozen teachings on the advantage of the Holy Spirit that I've already done on podcast. But this is what 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, I want you to hear that. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, if we look at that scripture, one could conclude that the Spirit of God is given to all men, regardless of their spiritual condition. 
we could conclude that the righteous and the unrighteous have the ability to manifest the Spirit. If we just took from what has been stated by Paul in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, without referencing the content or the context, we could make some most inaccurate assumptions. Of course, we're aware of the content of this verse as Paul is describing during this section of 1 Corinthians the operation and the order of the Holy Spirit. Now, we would further know that Paul is speaking specifically to those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit and are learning the correct operation of the Holy Spirit and thereby being able to minister in the church. Now, please follow me. as we go along with this particular scripture. And you can go into my dozen 30-minute teachings and hear all about the advantage of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, in some of my future teachings on this advantage, I'll break down the actual works of the Spirit. For now, however, we need to be informed concerning the operation of the Spirit. We need to understand that there are distinct operations with which the Holy Spirit purposes in the lives of every believer. Well, we know that he is in the operation that involves salvation and being saved. We know that he is involved in the operation involved in the operation of sanctification. We know that he is uh, involved in the office of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We know that. We see those in Scripture. Now, if we do not correctly discern the word of truth, we will fall into a spiritual trap that will ensnare our development and leave us extremely ill-prepared to control the spiritual dynamic in which we live. This trap, my friend, will leave us powerless and leave us having no direction from the words of Jesus Christ as we encounter the things that Jesus told us we would, the obstacles and the issues of life. Now, I know that many of you do not desire this teaching because you have been indoctrinated to the fact the Holy Ghost only has one work, and that work is the work He does in saving, and that you got everything out of the Holy Ghost that you would ever need whenever He saved you. Well, I'm going to challenge that tonight, and I'm going to show you something that you must consider. I want you to consider now some situations in which you seem to consistently be unable to navigate. Watch. Things such as you're bent to sin. In other words, High Charles, things like 
You can't quit smoking. You can't quit drinking. You can't control your tongue. You can't stop your addictions. Anger. Sudden flurries and flashes of absolute and utter anger at everything and everyone or anything and anyone. Sickness seems to constantly encompass you. You never feel good. You, you never have a well day. Fear. Fear. Fear drags you through the mud on almost everything. Anxiety, very anxious about things, anxious about where you're going, where you're coming from, what's going to happen when you get there, who you're going to encounter, how you're supposed to interact with them, uh, fearful about your husband, fearful about your children, fearful about your job, fearful about your family relations in general, fearful about your finances, we go on. Things that strike fear into you. Things that strike anxiety into you. Where you're just nervous about everything. Then there are those that live under the thumb of oppression. And those that live under the weight of depression. Then of course there is guilt. Guilt happens on a number of levels. It happens from your past. It happens from what you're doing right now. It happens from the entertaining of the thoughts that you entertain when you entertain them. Guilt can even come up in things that you're dreaming. And when you wake up, you have this deep sense of guilt because something you dream triggered a thought from something from yesteryear, yesterday. Yeah, these are all real. Sexual desires. Pornography. The idea to watch particular television shows because of its sexual innuendo. Yep. The ability to look at others and see them always in a sexual way. Sexual desires. These things seem to go on uh, on without you being able to bring them, to master them and bring them under control. Then there are other things like a lack of motivation. You're just not motivated to do spiritual things. Well, you're not even motivated to do things around the house. You're not motivated to uh, take care of the things that you know you need to take care of. Just a general lack of motivation. A lack of self-worth. You never did like yourself. So you have a lack of self-worth. You, you don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel good about the way you look. Uh, you dress in all kind of weird ways because you think that those uh, weird things that you do with your hair and your face and your clothing will uh, uh, make you appealing to those that you would love to appeal to. Yeah, a lack of self-worth, a lack of ability to see the value in who you are. Uh-huh. And then there's a lack of discipline. You cannot discipline yourself to do simple things like read, pray, 
be faithful to church. Um, you have a lack of discipline with things like work, time. Time is a big issue. You have a lack of discipline where time is concerned. You have a lack of discipline where work is concerned. Lack of discipline that makes you uh, look for ways to get away from doing things that you know need to be done. Now, these are just some of the many. There are more, many more that could be added here. But in, in these 12 scenarios that plug in so many issues, you may see some weights of your sin nature that simply weigh you down. These weights of sin and bondage were to be cast off of you because of what Jesus has done for you at the cross and beyond. But we don't, we don't tend to go beyond the cross so we don't get much casting off. We get forgiveness. But we don't get a whole lot of casting off. Now, you say, well, I got saved, and therefore, Pastor Mike, I believe. But then, as I mentioned these scenarios, you identify yourself in one or more, and many probably that I did not name. You struggle. And it is, not, it is not struggling with all of the outside stuff. It's simply struggling with you. You struggle. You struggle with your sin nature. And you say and have prayed countless times, Lord, why don't you take this from me? Well, you've never been taught how to be in touch with the person of Jesus Christ who sanctifies you because you've never seen him and worshipped him in the condition that he has designed for you to see him in, which is the position of his priesthood. Because of this lack of knowledge, your spiritual growth is dying on the vine. Just dying on the vine. You live a life where you may look normal to others, but you know that in you is a seed that is not normal. Because you know, as our preacher told us this morning, that if Christ is in the house, there's going to be a difference. So we live after a seed that in our heart we know isn't right and we do not know what to do about it. We try to go to church. We try to sing. We, we, we try to look the part, but we just don't know what to do with this issue in the inner man. And we say, Lord, why don't you take this from me? Well, the lack of knowledge 
It's destroying your spiritual growth and you're dying on the vine. God's intention for the believer is that he knows, understands, and identifies with everything that Jesus Christ has done. All of it. Not some of it. Not just at the cross. But in the tomb, the resurrection. His journey where he sanctified you. Uh His lordship and the man in the Godhead. All of these elements are crucial. God's intention for you is for you to know them all. But because we lack knowledge and we attempt to place everything that is done in the spirit world in the operation and order of the new birth, we have ensnared and often entrapped ourselves in our own misunderstanding misinterpretation of Scripture. We perish while we're alive because we lack the knowledge of truth that reveals and brings light upon how this dynamic plan of God is supposed to work. What have we done? We remain in the things of which Jesus declared the anointing. He was declared the anointing to be able to release us from. And then when we're not, we grow weary, the battle becomes rough, and eventually, however, we (laughs) assume that this is the way the Christian life is supposed to be lived. Because somewhere in here, this battle makes me, must, must make me Humble. It must make me to be seen in the eye of God as just a humble somebody who struggles along. And surely he will see my humility. And when he calls, I'll answer. We become become very comfortable in living with our weakness. We convince ourselves that our weakness is made perfect in His grace. So we settle for less than we were designed to be, and we do so (laughs) with almost a smile and a sense of piety and humility as we hang our weaknesses on a biblical mantle Because, you know, His grace is sufficient. My friend, Scripture declares in 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18, listen. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Did you hear those 12 scenarios? They're idols, my friend. They are things that you have set up, that you have said, God saved me. But he ain't bigger than these. God has given me spiritual freedom, but he is not bigger than fear. God has saved me, but he's not bigger than oppression. You see, we've made them idols. But Paul said, for you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I'll be their God and they'll be my people. 
Wherefore, now watch this now, now watch it. Wherefore, Paul said, come out from among them. Come out of oppression, depression. Come out of your anger. Come out of your sexual sin. Come out of your sin nature. Come out of there. You don't have to live there. God never intended for you to be shredded and shrouded and encompassed and ensnared by anything after Jesus Christ died and you accepted him as Savior. He never intended you to live there. But you do because you don't understand what it is God has called you to be. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and then watch it now. Touch not the unclean thing. Don't go into those unclean things. Paul said, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Get away, my friends, from the unclean things. If the plan for the Holy Spirit that served to save you would have gotten you away from the unclean thing, you would already be away from it. If the doctrine that you have everything in the Holy Ghost that you will ever need was true, your life of dealing and working in the sin nature in the 12 and more scenarios of which I've given you would have all been taken care of. But you see, there is more to this in the Holy Spirit than the operation of the new birth. Ah. Why do I say that? Well, because, my friend, we've never been able to live and enter into verse 16. We've not mastered the means to live and walk with him in us. Therefore, he cannot manifest himself as your God and you being his people. The acceptance of unclean things, my friend. Yep. You need to get away from them. But, you hold to the doctrine that the Holy Spirit has given you everything you could ever want. All of the things that is written about the Spirit of God has already been given to you. My question is, are we producing the two temples? The temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of God, while we are still holding on to the counter-temple where our world never eradicates the old nature. And if that's the case then, I am under the belief based on the Bible that <laughs> we're still holding on to unclean things. When he wants to walk in you, talk in you, and dwell in you, now, now we come to the part that should open up some understanding about how this biblical doctrine of the Holy Spirit being in us at the new birth and therefore that being all we could ever want, how that is not only untrue, 
but it's detrimental to the life of the believer because it causes you to grow and then die on the vine, to be born and die on the vine because you do not understand the mechanism that God has pre-designed in you, through you, and for you to overcome those scenarios that are bringing a, a, a sense in you that you are, you are not spiritually in you living the way you know the Word of God has said for you to live. Look at Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now in this day and age, those who are teaching and preaching the Word of God seem to have a great desire to place the Word of God in the hands of man with absolutely no emphasis concerning the messaging and no understanding concerning why the message was given as it was, where it was. Now I'm going to show you a few things here. Watch this. So we are teaching that states that when you get saved, you receive all the Holy Spirit's required for you to live a victorious life. You know uh, the, the Spirit is given to all man to profit with all. Well, we lump everything that Paul in particular has taught into one cauldron and made that cauldron available to everybody. Well, my friend, that's just not true. What happens is people then live under this understanding they have all the Holy Ghost they've ever needed, but they have no power. Why don't they have any power? Because the 12 scenarios are operating in them as much today as it did when they got saved. I didn't say they were acting out on all of those scenarios. But they may very well be acting out. So there is no power in us. There is no presence in us. So if the Holy Ghost has done all for us he's ever going to do, then what you're telling me is, is the Holy Ghost saved us? set us out on a, a, a boat adrift and said, figure it out on your own. Well, now, my friend, that's just not Bible. That's not true. So, we need to understand the context, the origin, and take out of it with spiritual discernment what the Word of God is saying to us. Because if we don't, and we continue in our current vein of belief and teaching and understanding, all we are going to do is be tossed to and fro and die on the vine. Our church, because of these teachings, is very confused. Now we know that God is not the author of confusion, so where in the world does this confusion come? When one man from another flavor of a denomination will speak up and say, oh, they believe this, and that's wrong. 
And another man from another flavor will say, well, they believe they glean this, and that's wrong. So we are confused. Why are we confused? Because we don't understand the context or the content of the Word of God. God is not the author of that, so this author has to be coming from an attack of the enemy that is working to divide you along biblical lines that share the message and cause the biblical line to be shared inaccurately. This message causes the body of Christ to form support mechanisms that crop up in those places that are known as the houses of God. These divisions engender strife and debate among the people of God while they worship. What then is the outcome? Well, it's weakness and it's lack of things that matter most for us to be able to live this life as an overcomer. His power and His presence does not manifest itself and is, as it is designed to manifest itself by God and designed to accomplish for the people of God. This is the tragedy of our day. We've educated ourselves away from the voice of the one who is essential to our abilities to operate in the world and overcome the enemy. Now let's take a little look here. Well, we're already at 6.30. Well, I've come to the end of this night, but I'm going to take you through the book of Ephesians. Now I'm going to show you how Paul gave the master speech on what was to happen with regard to the names of Jesus Christ, salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then life in the Spirit. I'm going to walk you through that. And I'm going to show you that Paul uses language that moves us from one position in the spirit to another. Right down until he moves us into the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If we would understand what God has designed for us, we would learn how to live above the nature that is sin that was sin, but yet because of our relationship to God in the Spirit, through the work of the Holy Ghost, through the voice of Jesus Christ, we would no longer do anything more to lack of motivation, fear, depression, oppression, anxiety, sexual sin, anger, anything that is a sin nature, but do what Jesus did and turn on him and we would resist him and guess what he would do? Flee from us. And God would draw nearer to us. Where would it happen? Right here. Right in my spirit, man. But we do not want to go where Paul is trying to take us. Now this is a process, my friend, that we must understand why Paul spoke specifically concerning spiritual things with the Holy Ghost to the church at Ephesus. 
We found that out in Acts chapter 19. Now I'm going to show you how the ministry of Paul to the Romans, to the Colossians, to the Galatians, to the Philippians, and to the church in Corinth. Why the messages were tailored as they were tailored to those churches. And the biggest thing you're going to learn is if you don't want to die on the vine, friend, you're going to have to go deeper into the things of the Spirit. Father, I praise you today and worship you for all you're doing. Bless your people. I pray that you'll move on them. Those that hear this and study it, those that consider it, come into the truth about what you're doing and what must be done for them to live this life as more than an overcomer. I pray that you'll open our eyes in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you is my prayer until we speak again. Bible study Wednesday night, 645. Miss Becky will be teaching on power and authority. You don't want to miss it. God bless you until we speak again. They, uh, podcast friends, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for downloading. We pray that the Word of God ministers to you in a great and mighty way. Find Him as Lord. If you do, you'll be able to bring your plunder and lay it before Him. And everything that you bring will bow. Find Him as the man in the Godhead and He'll speak out of that Godhead. And He will show you things that are to come. May God bless you is my prayer.